You're listening to the eFree Lethbridge Podcast. A while ago, I was introduced to the concept of relational bids, which are essentially requests for connection. And they can be big and obvious like a formal invitation. And when a card arrives at our house that starts with the words, you are invited, everybody in our house knows about it because it's a big deal. It's a big deal to be invited and included. It's not always done through cards. Sometimes it's done through words. Want to be friends? Will you marry me? Want to come for dinner? And often those relational bids can be even smaller and more subtle. Words like, did you catch the game last night? Or how was your day? Or I'm going to watch a show, often with the implied question, will you come and watch with me? All throughout history, God has been making bids for connection with his people. He invites us to know him through creation. He sent messengers and prophets to help us understand who he is and to invite us into relationship with him. He's revealed himself through light and through fire and through cloud and dreams and even whispers. God desires relationship with us. What we meditated on this morning is known in liturgical and artistic circles as the passion of Christ. Jesus' passion is to glorify the Father and to make him known to us. We see this in his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane just before he's arrested and crucified. He prays these words in John 17. This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Jesus' passion is to make God known. And the author of Hebrews clarifies that Jesus didn't just tell us words about God, but that Jesus was God. God was revealed in Son, who is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. In other words, to know God, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus doesn't seem very godlike, does he? And yet, it is at this precise moment that a battle-hardened, world-weary Roman centurion stands before this figure, for all intents and purposes, in his mind, just another mutilated Jewish wannabe revolutionary crushed beneath the, beneath the brutal power of Roman justice and says something which sends a signal to the entire world that God's kingdom has indeed come. Mark 15, verse 39, when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely 
This man was the Son of God. This man, the Son of God. The, the only time in Mark's Gospel that a human being recognizes Jesus as the Son of God is when Jesus dies. And he's recognized by a heathen Roman soldier who's probably seen countless people die. If you want to know God, look to Jesus. All throughout his gospel account, Mark wants us to understand that Jesus' heart, Jesus' identity, Jesus' priority, his passion is ultimately and best revealed at his death. He came to die. And not just die, but to be executed on a cross. An instrument of death so horrible that we created a new word to describe its torment. Excruciating. Literally from the Latin, out of crucifixion. Stop here for a moment. Pause here for a moment. And think about this. Jesus' passion, his purpose was to reveal God. He was the exact representation of God's being. And according to Mark, Jesus is ultimately known, Jesus is ultimately recognized in his crucifixion. I think Mark wants us to understand that the character of God is best expressed in the crucified Christ. To know God, look to Jesus. In the death of Jesus, is God's ultimate bid for relationship, his primary invitation for connection, for communion. This is, invitation is emphasized by the detail that Mark and Luke and Matthew all record when Jesus dies. The temple curtain is split from top to bottom. The curtain in the temple was a physical, visible barrier that, that God had ordained, God had instructed to be made to indicate that access to God was strictly prohibited because of God's holiness and because of our sinfulness. God desires to be in relationship with us. He wants to be known by us, but he knows that his holiness and our sinfulness are incompatible, that we would be consumed and destroyed by his holiness. So he created a system by which we can get close, but not too close. Gentiles, most of us, relegated to the perimeter. And then Jewish women and children a little closer. And then true Israelites, only men, allowed even closer. Then the priests who had been further purified and set apart. And then only the high priest. And only once a year. And only with the appropriate sacrifice. The bid for connection that God makes through the cross is emphasized by the parallels between the Garden of Eden and the temple. The creation account in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 is structured to reflect the building of a temple, indicating that, that God now dwells, his dwelling place is here on earth, the representation of his heavenly dwelling. And the temple, in turn, was built to reflect the garden. And if you remember the creation story, you remember that Adam and Eve rebelled against God and were expelled from the garden. And to prevent access from the garden, specifically to prevent access to the tree of life, God placed cherubim, angelic beings with flaming sword, all around the perimeter. According to the historical records, cherubim 
were embroidered into the temple curtain, representing the angel army who guards God's holy presence from humanity. And the splitting of the temple curtain indicates that the barrier to God's presence has now been removed. The angel army has stood down, not because God's holiness has been diminished, but because in Christ, an appropriate sacrifice for our sin has been offered for us all, man or woman, slave or free, child or adult, Jew or Gentile. Because of Jesus, we all are allowed into the holy presence. We all are invited into intimate relationship to get close to God. In light of this, the author of Hebrews urges us in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 22, Therefore, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us draw near to God. This is the invitation. This is God's relational bid to us. Draw near to God. Get close. Know Him and be known by Him. James in his epistle says that as we draw near to God, He draws near to us. The historical record indicates that as well as the cherubim, the temple curtain was also woven and embroidered to represent the heavens commonly understood as as God's dwelling place, God's home. And at Jesus' death, the heavens are symbolically ripped open to indicate that God now makes His dwelling with us. He moves towards us. This is what was revealed to John in his revelation, chapter 21, verse 3. God's dwelling place is now among His people, and He will dwell with them. The ripped curtain is an invitation into God's presence and an indication that God's presence has moved out towards us. He draws near to us. David De Silva, in his introduction to the New Testament, explains the implications this way. Jesus teaches his followers not to rely on assembling in a sacred space for their prayers, but by praying and practicing mutual forgiveness to make the place of their assembly sacred. In other words, we no longer have to go to holy places to commune with God, but we make places holy by recognizing and attending to God's presence among us. He invites us in, and He moves out towards us. And so by faith, We can say this morning that God is here. This place is holy. And we're invited to be present in this most holy place. To commune with God and with one another because of the blood of Jesus. So let's draw near to God. Let's come close. Let's lean in. 
And as we take broken bread and and drink the cup, may we discern properly the body of Christ and in doing so, the presence of God. Let's draw near to God. Get close to God. And as we do so, God draws near to us. He moves toward us. He leans into us. And we enter into communion. And so we're going to come to the table in this moment right now. If you did not receive the communion elements on the way and if you didn't pick them up, if you just put your hand up, the ushers have some extra at the back. They'll be glad to get some to you. There's a little bit down here in the middle, uh, Mark, if you don't mind. That's great. And if you're just joining us, uh, we have these uh, communion packages. If you peel off the top layer, uh, the cellophane layer, you can get to the bread, and then the cup is underneath the tin foil layer. The author of Hebrews reminds us, we have access to draw near to God's presence by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is Jesus' body that's broken and torn apart. Let's pray and give thanks for this bread. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this symbol, this token that we hold in our hands that we will eat together as a reminder of the broken body of Jesus through which we have access to you, through which we can draw near to you, have communion with you. And so on this day and in this place that is made holy by your presence and by our acknowledgement of your presence, we thank you that we can draw near because of Jesus. Amen. Brothers and sisters, let's take Eat, remember, and believe that the body of Christ was broken for the complete forgiveness of our sins. The author of Hebrews says that we have confidence to draw near because of the blood of Jesus. Let's give thanks for the cup. And Heavenly Father, as we hold this cup in our hands that reminds us of the blood of Jesus and reminds us of the new relationship, the new covenant that we have because of his blood, we say thank you. Help us to see and understand the gravity of our sin that we may begin to grasp and embrace the depth of your love. And as we draw near to you, be near to us, Emmanuel. We need you. Amen. Brothers and sisters, let's take, drink, remember, and believe that the body or the blood of Jesus was shed for the complete forgiveness of your sins. Thanks for listening to the E-Free Lethbridge podcast. We'll see you next week.